0: If not now, when? And if not me, who? I feel yeah. more committed to give everything I've got for this sense of calling and this problem and to find a way to solve this at a global level, to find a way to see world leaders not be insecure and the yeah. key decision makers to not operate out of their insecurity.
1: Try this. you are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens where humanity are stakeholders different distinctions encouraged intention starts from a no judgment zone a certain age is not criteria and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation
2: And is it getting colder there at the moment? Uh,
0: yeah, it's a little overcast and, and cool this morning. Yeah, definitely moving into some colder times.
2: Colder times. Uh-huh. You sound very Aussie. Were you born and bred here?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> country, country boy, Aussie.
2: Nice. I love that. So what have you taken from growing up in the country? What is something that you've taken on through what you do and who you are?
0: Like I think the best of the Australian culture and probably is not just unique to Australia, but I think Australians at at their heart, they just don't have room for much bullshit. It's just like, can can we just settle down a bit and, and just talk plainly, please? You know, so I think I like to talk as simply as possible and as shortly as possible. There's a lyric from Switchfoot, and it says, if we're adding to the noise, please turn off this song. And so I think that kind of fits in with this idea of being an Australian who has a platform. Just don't add to the noise. Can you just talk and then stop talking? That would be useful, please. So I think oh my that's gosh, kind of- I love one. that hand in hand with growing up in the bush
2: i love that that's totally awesome and by the way welcome to the decision table because this is all we do is have a conversation it's so awesome to have you here and to get to know you and i love you know what you just said about you know let's not add to the noise what is the noise that you're seeing today
0: Uh, Well, in my space, so the personal development space, I think it's just very lightweight and fluffy a lot of the time. So a lot of people saying a lot of things that that I don't think represent wisdom, that are more prone to behaviour management, that are more prone to overemphasising self-discipline and accountability as the go-to strategies for lasting change. So I think they're they're noise just because they, they never are capable of producing transformation. So end up disillusioning people and making them feel like change is not possible it's just something in the realm of fairy tale so that's uh, Mm. that's the noise i hear so many things
2: so many things we can dive into there but go back to the fluff what what do you see as fluff at the moment
0: like uh, the the mental health fluff particularly I'm I'm curious about because I think mm. there's there's more conversation about mental health than ever before but then more mental health issues than ever before so to me the fluff Ooh, yeah. is the conversation about mental health because it's not helping bring awareness to the issue is not creating any kind of change it is it is fluff it is noise uh, there is a conversation absolutely it demands a conversation and a clear conversation and an intelligent conversation but it's not the prevailing conversation that's being had
2: Okay. You can't go into that conversation and we just skim by that. One of the things that I talk about, and this could be a really interesting conversation on the decision table today, but one of the areas I talk about is that we do need to create an awareness. So why, why, and and by the way, that doesn't mean we stay there, but I think it's a great starting point, right? And, and it's a part where we, if we don't know what we don't know, then we don't know it. But if we do, then there's a responsibility. And so there's a process then to go forward. But I think that it starts with awareness.
0: Yeah, but what kind of awareness? So I think there's layers of awareness and, and the awareness that I see is awareness of part of the problem. And so I, I think sometimes being aware of part of the problem is worse than having no awareness. Ignorance is bliss, is a prevailing statement for a reason so I think sometimes the awareness people come to in terms of mental health often leaves them with a label and leaves them more stuck than they started with so I'm not sure that
2: okay so let's just be clear on what we are saying awareness is because maybe it's actually in that piece because is are you saying someone who is aware is someone who is woke you know that real spoken sort of I don't know there's this Flavor of people going, I'm, I'm woken, I'm awoke or whatever it is right now, right? Are we talking about that? Or for me, an awareness is a lens in which we start looking through and we create an awareness around
0: yeah sure i think that the true awareness is an accurate understanding of what the real problem is is to see clearly if you can see clearly well that's always a gift that's always going to give you more choice and you know we're inherently good doing the best we know how so if you can see clearly and have more choice you will make better choices Yeah, the awareness that is often spoken about especially with mental health I, i think is culturally rewarded but but not very useful in terms of solving anything meaningful
2: Okay, so tell me more. What What is it? I'm trying to understand where you're coming from with this whole sure. awareness piece. You know, I want to be aware of your awareness. That's pretty much what okay, I'm trying
0: great. to say right now. So, <laughs> uh, so when I get the privilege of being invited into someone's world to have a conversation about change, about mm-hmm. the areas of pain, yes. my, my go-to my go-to questions are, okay, so what problem are you most looking to solve right now? Because typically, sure, you know, even, that, that's a good question because it's like, yeah. okay, well, let's be let's be precise. Let's be spe- specific. What, what's going on? But often mm. people answer that question by talking about where the pain's showing up. So I've got pain in my relationship. Mm. So I think the problem I'm solving is a relationship problem or I've got pain in my mental health. I think, I think the problem I'm solving is an anxiety problem or I've got pain in my finances, you know, but... The second question I ask is, well, are you sure that's actually the problem? Because if it's not actually the problem, then you'll go ahead, try and solve it to try and solve it. And you'll, you'll create a bunch more pain for yourself because you'll waste all the resources on treating something that's actually the symptom rather than the cause. So I'm convinced that there is a deeper awareness around the true nature of the problem. And if you can be precise about what's actually going on for you, then all time, money, energy, effort is greatly rewarded because you're solving mm. the bottom of it.
2: So, maybe the question or the thinking is actually less around, well, it's it's still around the awareness piece, but it's actually around the lenses or the filters we're using. Are we not using the right ones? Are we needing to use different ones? Could there be, you know, lenses or filters that are more beneficial for us to use?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great distinction. I think you're right. We all see through a lens and that's unavoidable. We're subjective mm-hmm. creatures. So the more objective we can be and the, the more willingness we are for objective voices to examine our own problems and see where our blind spots are and see where we've stopped in our awareness, the more our growth will be accelerated. I, I like Dr. Robert Keegan, Chair of Human Behaviour at Harvard, His quote is that the subject-object switch is the thing that accelerates human growth more than anything else, which quite simply is just we are subjective creatures. We're going to see the world subjectively through our own lens but every moment spent seeing it objectively, every moment spent outside our own story, looking back in, we're going to see stuff that we couldn't ever see in our own story. So any way you do that, but through mindfulness, meditation, involving a coach, a mentor, you know, being open for wisdom that can get you out of your preconceived idea about who you are and what's going on, you will inevitably see stuff that sets you free.
2: Yeah, and and my thinking and the work that I do has really pulled onto this whole lenses because I think that there is a lot of the old school teaching, the old school way of doing things where we are more in the – here's the three principles to be the best leader that you can be rather than going what lenses do we need to uh, um, use to to start asking questions to have a different conversation and that's what I talk about when I'm talking about awareness and I think you know there is this and, and it's a white paper that I'm writing at the moment around the whole need for a new approach to leadership and I believe that there is the old school way of thinking, the old school way, the presuming and in going into biases and conditionings, which are ways in which we have built systems, processes, thinkings, behavior, and that there is this need for a new change. What is your mm-hmm. thinking around that?
0: Yeah, well, my, my work with insecurity uh, as the sole focus as is mm. kind of, uh, you know, that's I'm ruined for anything else. So I run everything through the lens of in what way is unresolved insecurity actually inhibiting the way you can see? So w- what way is it meaning you're protecting yourself or trying to prove yourself so it creates difficulty around seeing yeah. clearly? So I think that is one of the biggest challenges I see to the lenses people use. Uh, mm-hmm. It's too dangerous to see clearly. It, it's too dangerous to turn the lights on and, and, and actually have a look at what's going on in case you reveal something bad about yourself, in, in case you reveal a, a weakness or an inadequacy somewhere. So I think uh, it's important to to face insecurity first so that you then are able to see clearly no matter what you see.
2: Yeah, but I think that comes down to the individual being willing to, mm. to look within and go, why have I struggled in this area? What is this pain that continues to happen, come from? And what do I need to change for that to no longer be part of my story? And I think that it's really, it's easy to go, okay, it's all about everyone else, but it comes back to us being, and, and I go back into the individual being, the better I am as an individual, the more I can help, you know, bring change to a community and then across to the globe. So there's this sort of domino effect, right? But I think, you know, you bring up this interesting thing of something where as humans, we don't tend to want to go to pain. We don't tend to want to go to something that has maybe, you know, causes us grief, but it's kind of served us, right? And so we keep doing it. And and I know that I'm known for disrupting patterns. And one of the trickiest pieces is when someone isn't willing mm. to want to change. Because actually the change, the disruption may create even more pain for a moment or two. But on the other side, oh my goodness, how good is it?
0: Yeah. I mean, as a as a coach, it's all about readiness for change. And so I'm non-negotiable about the idea that, as a coach, my only way to serve is as, as giving help as someone who doesn't care about a person. So in, in my model around solving insecurity practice five is get help from someone who doesn't care. And I think it, it really addresses. What this. do you
2: mean by that? Well, me
0: well, I think typically we imagine to get help around the sensitive issues in our life, we're going to need someone who really does care and really has a vested interest and they're going to believe in us and encourage us and support us. I'm convinced those people actually get in the way. Their desire is well intentioned. But the moment you have someone who wants you to be happy and wants you to be healthy and wants you to be doing better than you are, it's actually not safe to have awareness. It's not safe to be honest with that person because you could let them down. You could disappoint them. You could not meet their expectation. So then then there's a game that's being played. So when I have that the privilege is, of By the way,
2: that is such an interesting perspective and I have not heard that on here. Okay. And I want to question that. Because I am that person that goes, I want the best for you. I want you to be happy. And I, that doesn't mean that I put my expectations on you, but I can tell you that if I had a choice, whether I wanted to see you sad or happy, happy would be my answer. Mm. If I wanted to see you not going forward or going forward, then going forward would be my answer. So how does that work?
0: Yeah, so I do the opposite. I say, I will not lose any sleep over you. I will forget about you my life's fine I'm not another person who wants you to do something you don't want to do I have no vested interest you cannot please me you cannot disappoint me I know I look like someone who cares but you can't confuse me for someone who gives a shit and it's provocative and it's offensive but to me it creates this opportunity for a clean conversation where the person looking for change is the expert or, or they're the real hero in the story and i'm just the skillful guide so but I, why I find can we not
2: have a heart or or see them like go i want the best for them where where is that not adding benefit but taking away from
0: um well i think the moment that you create like I, i'm i've decided not to even encourage my clients in the last few years because i noticed what happened when i started encouraging them when they did something well it's like hang on a minute now i can if i can be pleased now i can also be disappointed now it is no longer safe to be honest if they're having a bad week they're going to dial down the honesty of their answer to me because what if i don't please you know the coach so i I think if i show up as someone who genuinely is cold and disinterested I, i won't have any rapport and if I don't have any rapport, I can't facilitate change. Um so clearly I okay, care about that what I is do.
2: pretty full on.
0: Yeah. yeah I, if I, I don't about.
2: have rapport, then I can't fisi- facilitate no. change.
0: No, that's right, because there'll be barriers. There'll be they'll be will be guarded toward me. So I, I can't have any guardedness. That's not going to create any how is there thing.
2: barriers if I've got rapport? Sorry. How is there barriers if I've got rapport?
0: No, sorry. If you have rapport, there's no barriers. It's we have an easy conversation. Ah. That's there's a flow. But if I've broken rapport, if you feel like, oh, this person is cold and disinterested, why mm. would I be honest? They have no they don't care about me at all. Then I'm worried, I'm I'm wary, what what's happening? So obviously it's a it's a delicate line. So clearly I bring my whole heart and soul to the conversation. I just realized I, in my opinion the biggest gift I can give a client is not And by to the way there's no wine. right
2: or wrong on here I'm just purely investigating yeah. where this is coming yeah. from and and how you've come to this because it's a really interesting perspective.
0: When I was 12 my my dad took me into the shearing shed so talking about growing up on the farm. Yeah. And he asked me if I thought wool burnt. And I'd remembered seeing some ad about pajamas in wool, good for fire. So I thought, no, wool doesn't burn. And he said, well, watch this. So he'd got some wool that had been freshly shorn and he lit a match un- underneath his handful of wool. And it caught on fire straight away, much to mm. my surprise. But then he took the match away from the wool and the fire went out as quickly as it had started. because it turns out, lanolin, the, the oil in wool is flammable, only He went exposed to an external flame um, and my dad said something to me that I've never forgotten and that is mm. that's what it's like working with people a lot of the time it looks like they're burning but it's all you yeah the moment you stop doing what you're doing the fire goes out and that that has always stuck with me and so you know my I think I think the biggest gift I can give clients is to empower them and to find internal motivation so I really don't want to get in the way of that and the way so that I do So, I understand
2: that point. I totally understand mm. that point. My thing is, why does it show that we are not getting in the way or that we're more for them if we are not liking them or not connected in that way? Like, I'm trying to understand that piece.
0: Because I think if, if you think about the hero's journey, it's another useful metaphor around this mm you know, the guy, the, the, we always need a wisdom character. We need a Gandalf, we need a Yoda, we need a Dumbledore, we need a Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> um, and, and when you're watching the movie, you think they're going to be the one that saves the day. But Gandalf's always gone too soon. You're watching yeah. it like... What what oh, like all is lost. How's Frodo gonna do this? He's <laughs> he's, a, he's a little hobbit, you know, but Gandalf's always gone too soon, and that is the design because no one's coming to save him. Sure. So I think it's really I, I think the biggest danger for coaches, counsellors, psychologists is not to confuse the world about who the hero is. It's so a dangerous I love that piece, thing.
2: by the way. I love that piece because mm. you're right. And it comes down to you having to make decisions. The, the thing I don't know and I don't understand even still from this conversation is, so I, I still stand with what I say, is that I still want the best for you. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What I want, what I believe in you, and, and the reason that I, I can see, I've heard it so many times by clients go, Marie, you saw things in me and believed in me way before I could even get to that point. Cause I did. And, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to do anything for them because I can't, it's like taking the horse to the water, right? Like you can take it to the water well you actually can make it drink because you can give it a salt thing and it's going to want to drink but I don't do those sort of things and I think that's where the world is trying to manipulate people into a different thinking to bring a change so that's a whole different story but I, I do believe I can bring them to the water and that can show that I still love you, I think the best for you and I've got your back but you've got a choice right now to whether you want to take me up on on knowing how to facilitate for them to get that change now that's a whole different story and i'm the the person that goes if you're soft if you're the one that just wants to keep doing the same things if you're the one that you know is at a point in life that you would rather do what you know is not serving you and you don't want to change i know a lot of people who could help you out and i'm not (laughs) that girl right yeah, so i'm pretty cool. I'm pretty yeah, straight yeah. up and I'm pretty strong on who I am and who I work with mm. but i like there is no shadow of a doubt that I've got your best interest. I will have your back, mm. and there's a reason to that
0: mm. yeah, great. That sounds like a very powerful position, and
2: but that's yeah. why I wonder why you've got this other powerful position and how that has worked for you because I look at patterns, I look at patterns, and I've seen. Those, you know, I used to work a lot in the front line of humanity, I always call it. So working a lot, I was a youth speaker for many, many years, worked with a lot of street kids, prostitutes, gangs, you name it. It was the low social echo that I got to work with and it was awesome. And yet one of the things that I realized was when I was there, you know, and I might have been speaking, putting on a program for the community, whatever that looked like, things were awesome. But when I left, the young people went back to the old ways Mm. and I just thought all I'm doing is band-aiding a problem and I didn't want to be doing that. So nowadays and looking at, and I really started from that time on to look at patterns. Why are some people successful? Why do some get results? Why do, and it doesn't matter about environment or the physical or the emotional or the spiritual or whatever the variables are at the table, for some people they move forward others don't, what works, what doesn't. And I became fascinated with this is hence what I do today is, you know, really narrow the gap from problem to solution, but really nothing's too complex because there's always a pathway. We've just got to find it. You know, when I think of that and patterns, I look at what, you know, is helpful for someone to get a change and what is not. In the case of if I came in fact, I probably would say to you that when people thought I was just this hard ass Kiri Marie that would go, mm-hmm. you got to have a change. It actually meant that people went away from me. Mm. So, how do they draw to you to work with you when this is the one of your principles or your things that um, you do? Sure.
0: I think chosen a particular particularly vulnerable subject to tackle in, in insecurity. You know, people are insecure mm. about being insecure and it's a, most people will never face their insecurity. That they'll, run, they'll run or hide from it for their whole life to the point of madness. So, so it's a difficult subject. However, the flag in the sand that I've pitched is to say, well, I'm convinced it's a predictable problem with a predictable solution. It will be some of the most difficult work of your life, but you can solve it if you want. And I too have looked at patterns and I've looked at those who have mm. solved it and those who haven't. And so the model that I've created was not so much that I invented, but I deconstructed what I'd seen work in the world. I'd seen those come out the other side and were really showing up in the world very secure with nothing to prove and nothing to defend. And and in every case, they had a wisdom character in their world and that wisdom character didn't get in the way. And so the modeling that I've chosen to represent and make explicit really fine, you know, hones in on that as, as a point of difference. And so when people feel like they can have a clean conversation, that is that is the game changer. They're afraid of what awareness will reveal. Now, the human condition is I want to be good, but I'm terribly afraid that I'm bad. And for fear of that badness ever being exposed, I'll run and hide for the rest of my life. So mm. most of my work is, is like coaxing scared kittens out from under lounges with a saucer of milk saying, you're going to be okay. Like it's just there is no monster, it's just the thought of a monster. Of course you're enough. You've just created this narrative that there's something wrong with you and you've never gone back and reviewed it. So my job is to create a very clean and safe space for you to do all that review work and I'll pollute that space if I bring too much of my own wanting in, too much of my encouragement, too much of my support. You created this mess and you're the only one who can who can fix it. So my job is to serve you by creating a judgment That's
2: free space. So- interesting. And I, by the way, I'm so not into handholding. I'm not the soft, gentle one that goes, come on, I'll take you. Like seriously, if you come back with your problem a year later and you're still dealing with that problem, that see, I'm not your girl for that. Like there are many other people that can do that. So I get a lot of that sort of side of it. And I love that in a lot of ways, what you're saying there. And those creating those, I, I talk about curating in, in a new approach to leadership. I believe that this is about how we curate these Spaces that are safe. How are you seeing that in the work that you're doing? How are you curating spaces, especially in a world that you know, change is happening so fast and it's a it's a certainty of the uncertainty?
0: Yeah, the space that I create is is purely with with the individual. So because again, insecurity is such a vulnerable subject, it's a difficult subject to talk okay. about in groups. Um, if right. I bare my soul and share what I'm afraid of or what if then that further exposes me. So, and the space that I create is is one on one. I haven't found a way to, uh, you know, facilitate a deep change process in in groups. So, I am a coach. Um, I'm a one eyed coach, um, and I think that's that's it's okay. really useful for me to. Just to go, look, not every not every conversation has to be a coaching conversation. Not every yeah. relate, you don't need a coach in every situation. Sometimes you need a mother or a father or a mentor or sure. a, a teacher or a guru. So sometimes I'm not the right person, but when I get the opportunity to coach, I do it wholeheartedly, and my number one job is to create a clean space because if we can have a clean space, then we can turn every light on and there's whatever comes up, there is no implication. So there's nothing dangerous about what's revealed. So firstly, they're mm-hmm. clear that I don't bring any judgment. And then then I coach them through the process of letting go of their own self-judgment, which is more difficult than my judgment. That's the harder one to, to let go of their own sense of shame. Yeah, because we're attraction. really hard on
2: ourselves, yeah. aren't we? And our expectations and yeah. if we fail and things like that. But here's the thing, mm-hmm. what I find interesting about that conversation is this, that yes, I agree that as an individual, it's easier to create a safe space. I also think, and and I'm it's a question that I'm asking you right now and that is is the reason that you go I'm not sure how to do this in a in a group space is because that space is, hasn't been created yet or that there is so much in the society right now where you don't say this, you don't, you're not meant to look like this, that, Mm. and are we actually helping it by only doing it within the individual and not bringing it out? So what I mean by this is this, that one of the reasons I'm having these conversations on the decision table is I have no idea where we're going to go with this conversation. I have no idea who, who I'm meeting on the table at most of the times that I'm on this table. But I think, You know, we could have a conversation in the private and I used to have amazing conversations in the private. I felt like I was being selfish. I felt like I was being, you know, like I'm learning, you're learning, and we're holding other people back because we're not willing to kind of evolve together because it's just not the thing that you do. You don't talk about some of these things in an open space. And so one of the reasons that I did this and go, hey, if you want to connect, if you want to have a conversation with me, I'd love to, but let's just press live at the same time, Mm. right? (laughs) Because I think I'm learning, you're learning about me as well and what we're doing, but in the same way, others can learn from this too. And we need to be having these conversations more out in the open for it to become more of a safe space as a wider society.
0: Uh, it's so beautiful and, you know, so grateful for people like you doing that. That's, that's incredible. I've had uh, a few attempts at that. So, I mean, I have my own podcast. I've, I've written a few books. Beautiful. So that, mm. That's my attempt at um, facilitating a, a more global conversation. Uh, but, I get, but I get overwhelmed sometimes at the size mm. of the problem. And when I get overwhelmed, then I get stuck myself. So, so my course corrective is, hey, Jamin, do your work. That's yeah. that's I say that to myself at least three times a day, if not more. Hey, Jamin, just do your work. And so, yeah. um, my work at the moment predominantly involves a deep dive one-on-one with people, and mm. the ripple effect. I'm always, you know, moved by the fact that if someone does the deep work around resolving their own insecurity, it's not just good for them, it's not just mm. good for their partner, not even just good for their kids. It's actually good for the world. It's yeah. it's actually increasing the collective consciousness of the planet, even mm. at a very exactly. small rate, but is still part of the solution so yeah yeah, I I I don't have the answer to that question and I'm grateful that that people like you are creating more space in the the collective for conversations like these because...
2: Because we need to have them and we need to be willing to have it and we need to go anywhere. This is where we need to have a conversation and when I go about creating lenses and bringing awareness, we don't know what we don't know. I truly believe that that's okay to say that, that Mm -hmm. I don't know anything that I don't know but I feel like that means I need to start learning and developing who I am and a willingness to open up to maybe there's other perspectives, maybe there's other ways in which to think. And and how have they come up with this? Maybe I need to take some of that on and put that into practice in my world. And I think the only way we can do that is if we start listening to each other. And, you know, you talked about the noise. I think there's a huge noise across the globe right now. I think there's this continuous noise of, people trying to look good, sound good, and keep doing it all the same way. I'm wondering why, in a lot of ways, those problems, from problem to solution, is just widening, not narrowing that gap right now. Uh, So, you know, we have these conversations because it's a starting point, and it goes back to what you said around awareness. Uh, You know, it's useless if all we do is just create awareness. Like it really, truly is. But it's got to start somewhere and a willingness to start somewhere and have a conversation that maybe is uncomfortable. And maybe in that conversation, we might not even agree with everything that's being said. Mm. But you know what it does also? And I think that this is really important. Sometimes when you disagree with someone, it actually makes it stronger to why you agree with what you're talking about. And then Mm. in that way, you're actually more willing to stand strong in what you are bringing a voice to. And I think this, particularly in this world that we're in right now, we need to be standing strong at what voice we are bringing on the platforms that we are creating or do have. And in your case, you know, where does that overwhelm come from? Because, by the way, you're not the only one.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I think I heard a distinction recently about the difference between passion and purpose, Nicole Haffley. Uh, She Mm. said that passion, and because she said often people think that they must be the same, but she said, well, no, passions are the things that light you up, that replenish you, that energise you, that uh, are really about you. But but purpose is not about you. Purpose is bigger than you. Purpose are the things that you kind of have to do that feel like a sense of calling. And so, you know, I think about, write about, read about, dream about, Insecurity all the time, like literally every night I'm having some kind of coaching conversation, running some kind of workshop, you know, thinking about something I'm writing. It's it's all consuming. And so I look around at how insecure our world leaders are, for instance. And I think they are some of the most insecure people alive are the ones running the show for the rest of us. And I think, wow. Uh, How do I make a difference there? How does that problem get solved by what I'm doing? So sometimes the problem seems so big. And that's the reminder, Jamin, do, do your work. It doesn't really matter how big the problem is. That's not your concern. Your work is to keep talking about this clearly, intelligently, completely for anyone who will listen. Mm. and that's all your focus is so
2: okay so i do have to challenge you on that because if you go hey i've looked at that i've been consumed by it i've i've realized that you know some of the biggest ones that have insecurity are the ones that are leading in many really important roles isn't there then a responsibility of yours to come and bring the, some of that solution to the table
0: yeah, you're 100% right. And uh, and I don't know how to do that. I, I think about every time I, I go to my own journal, what do you want, Jamin? Like, where are you taking this thing? I, I dream about consulting to the UN. I dream about coaching world leaders. I, Good. I, it's on my, my awareness all the time, but I don't know yeah. how. And so when I get too caught up there, then I get stuck. And I'm, Jamin, do your work. Go back to writing, go back to speaking, go back to uh, the person who's in front of you right now. And. Mm. Who knows, one day they may be a world leader. Um, so that's where I'm starting. So yeah, you, you're right. Um, it is a responsibility to try and solve it there. <laughs> I take that responsibility very seriously, even when I get overwhelmed about it.
2: I get it. And I love the fact that you're being so honest in the conversation right now, because you know we have all of us have our own insecurities or things that I, I always say can hold you back, that can can restrict you, mean that you don't move forward. Mm. Anything that's, you know, going to do that means that we're not moving forward, in other words, closer to solution at the table. Like we can live like that and that's okay and we can even say to ourselves that's okay. But, you know, those that want to play a bigger level, that really feel, and I guess this comes from beyond the passion to the purpose, that Mm. there is this calling, that there is almost a responsibility. Mm. If not me, then who? Who? And if not now, then when? Mm. How does that come into the equation when you get to those moments?
0: Absolutely. I I just uh, had a, the great privilege of doing a seven day rafting expedition down the Franklin River with a bunch oh, of mates. Oh, wow. Two weeks ago in, in Tassie, you know, World Heritage mm-hmm. Wilderness, a very rare experience. And, and the tour bus. The tour tour guy was talking to me on the bus on the way back to Hobart and just quizzing me about the insecurity project and I was speaking to him about why I'm doing what I'm doing and I I burst into tears halfway through talking to him. Mm -hmm. I can get choked up now even thinking about that. Because it's that exact that exact thing. It's like, yeah, I, if not me, then who and if not now, then yeah. when it's like uh, yeah. I'm ruined for anything else and this is what I'll devote my whole life to no matter what it costs. This is a significant problem and people people suffer greatly for not knowing how to resolve their own insecurity. They will shrink and hide yeah. even against their own self, even yes. in a way that horrifies them, but they don't know how to do something different. So it demands a conversation. and I feel that it very does. deeply.
2: And you can be the one that has that conversation. But I think this is where there's a couple of things that come in play. I think that we have to get over. I remember saying, and it was my mantra for many, many years, no excuses, no limitations, no buts. Mm -hmm. And I would literally go, is this an excuse that I'm using? Is this a limitation that I'm saying that I have? Is this a, oh, but moment right and that served me well for for a fair while in my life it it got me into until that became so in my decision DNA then I needed to shift it to the other side and this is the question that I'm going to shift over to the other side for you so you talk about our insecurities but if we don't have insecurities what can we have what can that look like what is that next piece
0: uh, well, I think it's the, the title of my book. It's unhindered. It's it's to Beautiful. show up at your best where it matters most. If you if you're free to show up with nothing to prove and nothing to defend, I, I think then you can do good work. Then you can actually bring a gift. Your whole energy is not focused on filling the you void around do you matter. You, you now you've got now you you've got plenty uh, to, to bring and actually serve other people.
2: And to me, that is humanity as stakeholders at the table. Like that is us coming back to going, if we are unhindered, what are we adding value to humanity going forward, not taking away from? And I love that piece. Speak more about that. Like what does that really truly mean in, in the way that we show up, the culture that we build out in our organizations? What does that look
0: like? I think so So much of people's energy is devoted toward proving that they matter. So, so much of people's work mm. is I will demonstrate that I'm good by what I can achieve or what I can have. You'll know I'm a good person by the car that I drive or the position I've risen to within my organisation. That's how you'll be able to tell that I have value. And, right. and that often gets confused for purpose because look at what I'm doing, look at the contribution mm-hmm. I'm making to the world. I'm I'm convinced that it it like it can't be our purpose to prove that we matter. Like that is our work. That's Ooh, our I adult like that. work. It's mm. to go back and review all the narratives we've created as children and all the limitations we put on ourselves and to review those and, and remove those so that then you can show up already confident and assured that you have value, that you are enough, there's nothing to prove or defend. Then you're free to connect with the purpose that's bigger than you and not even about you, and then you get to do good work. So you know, for the sake of the planet, that is the responsibility for each of us. Yeah. Um, you know, Moore's law says that the rate of technology advancement will double every year, you know, and it has done since the 1950s or 60s. It's not slowing down anytime yeah. soon. So the great challenges facing us as a as a planet, will, will not be technological. They'll be on the level of consciousness. Yeah. And if we, if we don't resolve insecurity, we'll continue to behave in a way that's madness. You know. So I think to be unhindered is not just this beautiful dream. It is the responsibility we have for the future of the species. I that. It's a big yeah. deal.
2: It is a big deal. Was your podcast called Unhindered?
0: It's called The Insecurity Project.
2: Nah, it should be Unhindered. I love that. I really do because here's the thing. None of us want insecurities. We've got to deal with it. Mm. But you're now giving me something. I want to be unhindered.
0: Mm.
2: I want to know what that's about. Yeah. And I just think what is the conversation that you can have around that? That is just beautiful. I love that. And I love, so here's the thing. We all have to deal with our insecurities. I've had to deal with them. I'm so, I'm a major introvert. I am extremely introverted. I The thought of ever having to talk to strangers was like something I really hated to do. I love to speak on stages because I didn't have to talk to people face-to-face, but I talked about something I was extremely passionate about. So for me, that was like legendary and it felt so good. But and I always always liked being what they my name behind the scenes was secret source to a lot of the greats. And it's true. I've worked with some pretty cool people, but I've been the secret source behind them. And I kind of liked that. It was kind of cool and it felt good until I realized maybe my purpose was actually to help to bring it in, in to uh, you know, across the global landscape. Mm-hmm. And if I was to do it secret source, that was going to be taking a very long time to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I needed to come out of that. So I had a lot of reasons to why I didn't want to do that, why that sounded like the worst thing ever. But all I knew was if I even spoke once, had a conversation with someone once, and maybe it's the person on the other mm-hmm. side, and maybe it's the one person that listened at that time that I was being selfish because I wasn't giving that one person that opportunity. Mm. And I think if you've got a calling, if you've got something that is, you've got a a platform to use a voice, then there is a responsibility for us to stand up no matter how insecure we feel because reality is we've got tools, we've got resources, we've got things that know that are much stronger and drivers that are going to take us through to the other side and even maybe help others and serve others in a bigger and a greater way. Mm. And I think that that is so powerful.
0: Absolutely, it is.
2: And I want to encourage you because you have, like I just love unhindered, like that word is just going through my brain so much right now Mm. because I think it's such a beautiful word and I don't know that I ever really hear it. I know Mm. it. Well, I think I kind of know it. Maybe I don't. You know, like it's something that you could really build something so beautiful on and where I am now willing to take risks because I'm not living in that insecurity, I can lead an unhindered life. And to me that sounds like, I don't know, such a, such a great opportunity for possibility that maybe I hadn't thought of before. So, really. you know, that, that's powerful. It really, truly is. You know, it's it's funny because I think that all of us have such a story of why we do what we do. And I think that part of this uh, new approach to leadership is is this willingness to evolve and for us to evolve as a human being. And I think that when you're a leader in your own right, that you are serving other people, anyone serving anyone else or got a community or in got followers coming after them. To me, that is classed as a leader, right? There is, there is this expectation that we have it all right, that we've got it sorted, that we have arrived. And I think that's old school leadership. And this is part of the new approach to leadership is that. I don't know about you, but I've definitely not arrived. I've definitely on a journey. I'm evolving. I'm always going to my next level of whatever that is as I continue to evolve. And I think that that's a really powerful space to be in for all of us. But it's something that we we often, I don't know, I I mean, I get to work in the coaching world because of one of the companies that I get to run. But, you know, in the coaching world, I think that it's as a coach, you're meant to know it all, got it all. You've got the latest model, you've got that. But I think it's also very limiting because it's very, well, it's it's not going to change much if you've already got it and you've already figured it out. Like where's the fun and the the next piece, the the opportunity for going to huge acceleration levels? I don't know. Mm. Any insights?
0: oh no i agree i I think the way that i think about it is i'm non-negotiable about smoking what i'm selling so i think um as a life coach especially the only way to survive in this industry and be valuable is to embody a message so you know no one wants to hear from a 23 year old life coach simply because they haven't had any chance to embody it in in real in real difficulty Mm. yeah it would be very rare um so i think people people watch Um, They go well. Does this look like it's working for you, Jamin? Does it look like we can see evidence of what you're talking about here? And so, in that way, I have to go first, and have to demonstrate everything I speak about works. Love Um, it. But at the same token, you're right. There's an evolution. There's a growth. There's the next thing. So, you know, three weeks ago, I'm writing my next book at the moment, and it was a bit messy in the structure of it, and I was a missing piece, and I was sitting down watching the footy and crinkle-cut potato chips, (laughs) Melbourne bitter. (laughs) have a particular ponchon for crinkle cut chips are just they're not getting any less delicious Uh, and and then had this moment of clarity it's like quickly give me the whiteboard and and mapped out this model Mm -hmm. um, around a relationship change that I'd been battling with and hadn't conceptualized in that that moment like mm. it, it's a moment of sheer joy because it's like i just gave birth to something that hadn't existed before and i hadn't articulated before and represents yeah. growth for me and will represent a gift to those that i work with so Those kind of moments where you keep growing and keep taking the next level and the next territory. Yeah, they're they're breathtaking.
2: And here's the thing, you light up about it. So those that are in your world are going to be like going, wow, this is a whole new level. And that gives them hope and excitement and, you know, something to look forward to. Okay. So if people want to know more about what you do and who you are, where do they go?
0: Uh, my parents gave me the gift of a uniquely spelt name. So if you can, if been, you can find me quite easily at Jamin Fraser, J-A-E-M-I-N, Fraser with a Z. Um, I'm the only one of those guys in the world that I'm aware of. Or the Insecurity Project, if you Google either of those two, you'll, you'll find me quite easily. There's a, there's a podcast, a number of books, an insecurity test. If you're, if you're fascinated about whether insecurity is actually costing you and you're not aware of it Mm -hmm. um, there's a cool diagnostic test you can take to have a look at that as well so uh yeah that's a few of the ways people can find me
2: i love that do you have any major insecurity right now that you know is holding you back from your next level
0: no that would be very unkind of me to say yes to that answer and, and not you know, if the answer was yes, it would be unkind to lie about it. But it would also be unkind <laughs> if the answer was yes, because then I'd be lying to my people by saying this is a problem you can actually solve at the level of growth you currently oh. occupy. So, no, I, I'm unhindered in, in my current level of growth, but that unhinderedness is causing me to reach for new horizons and inevitably I'll find new limits, new, new thinking that I've created that says this far and, and no further and new insecurity will arise, but I'll, I'll solve it in the same way that I've solved it at other levels.
2: And that's what I love about that. That is so well said and, and I think that it's true. Like you have figured out to where you're meant to be right now and what you've been doing. But to evolve, and all of us are at that point where – I always say at every level, there's different things that you've got to figure out. There might be have to change some systems, some processes, some thinking, whatever that looks like. Right. And, um, and sometimes that comes with insecurities. So it's like, but you've, you know, that even though there may be insecurities when you first start off going and starting to dream about that next level. But there's always a solution and I always say there's always a pathway to the Mm. solution you need and that's exactly it. So I love that. You know, one of the reasons I don't, you know, get you on here and go, oh, who are you? What are you about? Is because a lot of people identify, you know, we just get stuck in kind of what you're used to telling the world.
1: Mm.
2: What I've loved about today is that I feel like I've got to know you. I f- I feel like I've got to know what you're not just what you're doing in what you know your coaching world but who you are and what you're thinking behind that and for me that's that's been a beautiful thing but I do ask this question on every single decision table mm-hmm. and it's the one thing that is the same on every table and that is so it's funny so first I always say there's some fundamentals and awareness is one of them then I think there's ownership then I think there's a change and sustainability has to come into the the last bit. like it's the footprints, it's the legacy we're leaving. Mm-hmm. And so, in this case, we've had a great conversation today. I've you know i I love how we've sort of questioned even just the way you think about it all. but so you've created you know like an awareness around something that isn't spoken often, in securities, but is so important for all of us as individuals to be more effective, to make sure we're not letting it stop us. So from our conversation today, though, what have you taking from it?
0: I feel energized and resolved to speak more clearly and, and more consistently. And if not now, when? And if not who? If not me, who? I, I feel yeah. more... Uh, committed to give everything I've got for this sense of calling and and this problem and to find a way to solve this at a global level, to find a way to see world leaders not be insecure and the key decision makers to not operate out of their insecurity. So- Thank you.
2: Mm, I love that. That's so good. And by the way, you know, in the work that I do around the global landscape, one of the things that I'm I'm realizing is so important in, in having conversations with leaders and no matter what sphere it is, is you, me, we are the leadership, we are the global space. Mm. And when we bring it back to us as an individual, us as a person, then whatever we're doing, is bringing change or bringing negative or destruction or division, right? So like what you choose today, how you choose to do going forward is making a difference across the globe and i think that as soon as we realize that we are the ones that can make that difference there will be difference being seen across the globe and you know it's interesting as i as i am figuring out you know next week i'm actually having literally a closed door conversation with some leaders from across the globe that i've personally invited to a a conversation like this but in a bigger way where there's more And looking at us as individuals, how can we be more effective as leaders but then go – so, what are you using your platform for to be the voice, and then, as a collective, what are we going to stand by and and have each other's back and know that we're not on our own, but together we are making a difference across the globe because I think it has to get back to that simple going what is it we can do? what is it we can measure and know that in a another quarter that we've actually made some difference we've we've Mm. dug some ground sown some seeds I don't know done whatever it is and I don't know what that is because I'm not I'm only one voice at the table I'm not the whole voice at the table so there is possibility for this to happen but I think first it comes up to us being willing to be hey what what are we owning in our space what are we going to be willing to do? And let's figure out what that is together kind of moment, right? Mm, so, absolutely. yeah. So I, I love it. I love our conversation. What am I taking from it? You actually said this cool conversation. I wanted to write it down, but I didn't. If I write it down, then I feel like I'm being rude. <laughs> and you're probably thinking I'm ignoring you. And I wish I had written it down. But you said, oh, and I, I literally can't remember what it is now. I'm going to go back and listen to it. But there was this This is cool little, like, and I go, oh, I like that. It was one of those, oh, I like it moments. And I (laughs) literally said it, I remember. But it was profound and I wanted to know more about that. So I'm going to go back and actually listen to that because I want to find out what that is. And then the other one was Unhindered. I think there's some... I don't know. I I don't know that I have the right definition, the way that I'd want to communicate even to myself, let alone to the world, what unhindered would look like. And I don't know. I think part of unhindered for me is the fact that I am willing to do and play in the space of what I know is my destination and what I'm called to do here in life and that I'm doing that You know, one of the things that I really learned, my mom died two years ago and one of the things, like it's one of those random things that I never get to ask anyone else this question, but I knew I could ask my mom and that was what's it like to die? And uh, me and my curious brain, I was like, I just want to know, what, what what does it feel like? Whatever. What is that? And and my mom never didn't even hesitate to answer. And she just said, and she was a massive woman of faith. And she said, you know what, Carrie Murray, I'm so peaceful about where I'm going. But she said, but I haven't finished my work here on earth. And that really got me that day because, and I thought about it for six weeks nonstop afterwards, but I haven't finished my work on earth. And I go, what if I was to live every single day knowing that I was doing what I'm meant to do Mm. today, which is what I'm meant to be doing tomorrow and the Mm. next day. And I think that is unhindered to me Mm. is when I get to, know that I'm doing everything humanly possible that I'm meant to do today.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I I totally agree.
2: Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with?
0: I don't think there's anything else. Uh, I think it's been a very rich and and life-giving conversation that I'm grateful for. So thank
2: you. Okay, thank you. And seriously, thank you for what you do, who you are and what you're bringing as change to the global landscape.
0: Thanks, Kim marie
2: Appreciate you.
1: Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.